This morning's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Please follow along in your own Bibles or as the text is presented on the screens above. I'll be reading from the New International Version today. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your own bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though though many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Good morning. Um, I, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at, at Pine Lake. And this morning we have an opportunity uh, to actually hear these verses um, in action, embodied this summer. And so I'd like to invite um, Evan and Linda Mori up this morning. Uh, they're going to be sharing a little bit about uh, an experience that they had being part of the team that went to Campbell Farms this summer. And so um, I don't know if you've heard of Campbell Farms. Campbell Farms is, we actually at Pine Lake have a long-standing relationship with Campbell Farms. It's a working farm um, in, uh, in eastern Washington uh, near Yakima, Washington. Shout out to Yakima. No one. Okay, sorry. There was some, some people from last service, you know. So, um, But you both got to be part of, uh, of that trip this summer and the opportunity to serve. And so um, first, Evan, what grade are you in? I am in seventh grade. Seventh grade. And where do you go to school? I go to Beaver Lake Middle School. Beaver Lake Middle School. And Linda, what grade are you in? <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. We won't go there. Um, so you, you got to be part of this trip. And a, and a lot of what Campbell Farms is, is a, a bunch of different opportunities for you to go out and serve in different capacities, whether on the farm or in the community. Um, so Evan, Tell us about one of your favorite uh, experiences and one of the favorite parts of the trip that you got to do as a team. We got to go to Northwest Harvest, which is um, it's kind of like a place for, which supplies food banks with food. And we sorted cucumbers there, um, had to make sure none of them were bad or anything. Then we got to give the good ones to uh, food banks. And so all that food is donated through the food banks to families right in Yakima, right? And so you got to be uh, part of, of really serving them. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, Linda, this was your first time going. And it was air-conditioned. And there was AC. <laughs> AC in eastern Washington in the summer. It's prime, right? Uh, so this is your first time going on the trip to Campbell Farms, yes. correct? Why in the world would you decide to go on a middle school trip? What, what uh, pushed you to serve uh, on this team? 
Well, yes, I, 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 I kept hearing about how hot it was going to be, so I was kind of trying to psych myself up for that. But, um, but I know PLCC has gone to Campbell Farms for many years and I've heard so much about it. So I really just wanted to see what God was doing in the community over there and the people serving there and also just what he was gonna, how he was going to use our team there. Awesome. Can you share an experience or um, just you as a leader observing the way that our group uh, was able to grow or just experience God in a new way that week? Um, well, as I was thinking about this morning, um, this verse came to me, Romans 12, uh, sorry, Hebrews 12, 1, you know, which says, uh, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, um, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and run with perseverance the race set before you. Um, and I really saw that with the kids, just in how they uh, served uh, with joy and with love, um, whether it be with the little kids or the people around them, um, and just serving food. And um, just throughout the whole week, they, they never complained, never complained about being tired or about the heat or the hard work or uh, getting some blisters maybe, because I know I got a few. Um, so they just really had a great attitude, and I think that they really bore witness to each other and to the people around them. Um, just of God's love and yeah 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 and so in, in addition to being able to serve at Campbell Farms this summer Evan um, you gave a whole week and served at our sports camp this summer in, in late July right yeah. uh, what was it like what was your favorite part of, of serving uh, there and what did you do so I helped out with sound and it was really nice to see and meet new people and see how they uh, they really changed when they were uh, up here and singing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Just yeah. being able to serve uh, kids that you you are not you know or yeah, don't know. Not that long ago, you were in elementary school, and now getting able to serve those kids is pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, can we thank Evan and Linda this morning for for sharing their experiences? <laughs> Before you go, I just want to just say a quick blessing. Um, so join me, God. Thank you so much for this expression of. Your word that we got to read in Romans and, and how uh, Evan and Linda were just being your hands and feet and, and serving in ways that, that you call us to be as a body. Um, so bless them. Thank you for their, fa- your, their faithfulness to you and the ways that they uh, got to experience that this summer, Lord. So we give them to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A picture of uh, service. And that's where we're going to go here in uh, the next few minutes. I want to begin with uh, what's on the wall over here, 20, what we call our 2020 vision. It started in 2015 in February. As a, as a group, as a body, we discerned together the best of God's calling to us, and we wanted to project that out over the next five years. So there you see outreach, discipling, intergenerational life, and diversity, stewardship. We try to live that out. Those values have... Um, determined at various places where decisions were made helped us determine the best of God's will for us. And every year we put out a playbook and uh, there's, these are available in the, uh, in the welcome area out there, but it's, it's our, our plan for the year and includes those values and how they get lived out here. So if you haven't seen that, you may want to pick up a copy. We also had a campaign called Accelerate the Vision, and uh, that was to resource those five themes.
themes. And not long ago, I was with Dr. Keith Carpenter, who helped lead that. Well, he really led us through that weekend together. And he made the comment to me that uh, we were talking, and, I, you know, hey, people, I love to hear good things about, about myself or the church that I'm part of, and so maybe put it in that a little bit. But he also said uh, that of all the churches he'd ever worked with to this process that we went through of discernment, uh, we were the most on focus uh, two or three years later. So take that as a compliment, folks. And uh, uh, I want to just say this, though, that but without service, without the kind of hearts and actions that we just saw here, it all falls flat. doesn't matter what words you have on the wall. And um, it actually decelerates the vision, if I can say it that way, you know, without service. So uh, I want to motivate you uh, to serve for the right reasons, and that's what this morning is all about. Uh, we have a grow and serve fair afterwards. Some of you came here early and I've already participated in it, and that's fine. But I just want you to know right now that that is the application part of this message. So for me to finish, or for us to finish this message, you have to go there, all right? And if, if you came early and you already went there, um, if you don't, there's, there's, you know, the, there's snacks over there and things that you can, that are hospitable, so you're all welcome to go there. But there is no song when I'm done here like we usually do and benediction and all that. No, that, that's the end over there. So we'll explain that a little bit later. Um, the, the passage that was just read from Romans chapter 12, 1 through 8, verses 4 through 8 all have to do with serving. And the main message there is that there's one motivation for serving, one reason for serving, but that those uh, different the different people are going to serve in different ways. And the assumption is that everyone will serve. There's no uh, place where it says, well, and then there's those that didn't serve. I mean, it's just everyone has a place. So the, the goal here is to help you find that place. I want to walk us through the passage. We're going to look not at those verses, but those that are the motivational aspect, the first three verses that get us there. So in view of God's mercy, can we say that together? In view of God's mercy. I'm going to really lean into that one. And uh, if nothing else today, that would be the most important thing for us to grab onto. And then offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And then the third phrase we're going to look at is think of yourself with sober judgment. And then we'll do the go over their thing. So um, let me read that first verse for you. Therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy. So, 11 chapters precede chapter 12, right? They do the math, right? And in those 11 chapters, Paul has built an argument that is essential for everything that comes later. So what he's basically done is taking you to the mountaintop, to the apex, and said, look around and notice Everything that you can't see without being up here, and that's where he builds this argument uh, in the first uh, 11 chapters. And in view of God's mercy, he, he is, that's a summary statement of everything he said in the first five chapters particularly, that there's this vast, when you get to the top, and you can't see it until you get to the top, there is this huge, vast, infinite space between God on the one side and humanity on the other, and you come into despair as you read those first two chapters particularly. 
What's going to happen? How is this going to get solved? What's, what's God going to have to do? <laughs> because it's, it's hopeless. It's infinite. There's no way for us to get to where he is. In view of God's mercy. So Romans 5 verse 20 says that where sin abounds or where sin increases, God's grace increases more. That's where it gets solved. But it's huge. So you, you get overwhelmed by how huge that gap is and you can become hopeless until you get to the mercies. The mercies and the grace of God that's greater than the gap. That's, there, there's the, so you see that from, in view of God's mercy, you see that from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Do you guys know this number? Because it changes all the time. That's our national debt. The good news for each of you, it'll make your monthly credit card bill look really good, first of all. (laughs) But the other thing is, you only owe, as as an American citizen, every one of you owes roughly $65,000. So, I mean, that at least isn't infinite. That's 21 trillion. Now, that was, I, I found that on Friday. Since then, it's actually gone up a few million. But who's counting, right? But the point is that sin, the longer that humanity lives, it's just like that. It just seems hopeless and increasing and despairing and so broad, but God's grace is broader. You got it? In view of God's mercy. Let's say it again. In view of God's mercy. I was um, doing, when I was in business years and years ago, um, in view of God's mercy, I got involved with uh, prison ministry in Shelton, uh, Washington. Hopefully none of you have been on the inside of the correctional facility. Well, actually, in serving, that's where I was. But what I noticed is that on the, the first time I went in, and every time I went in there to meet with some guys, I noticed a sign up in a tree and it just, you can't miss it. It was one of the, it was in King James kind of old English letters. And, and, but basically the verse is, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the first thought when I saw that was that that's interesting because that's the last thing that guys are going to see when they come in here for 20, 30, 40 life sentences. And then... In view of God's mercy in my life, I realize that sign is for everybody. It's not just, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how good you have been in view of God's mercy. Now, why is this so important to Paul? He's going to say a lot of things in the letter that comes, including, I don't know how, I don't know how anybody could be racist in view of God's mercy. How could you be racist? You can't. And then there's so many other things that he gets into. But why service? Why can, why does he, the first thing he comes to is serving. In view of God's mercy. Why is that so essential to Paul's argument when we serve? And in verse 2 it talks about do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And conform to the pattern of this world would be to think, oh, I know what's best for me. I know what's right. I can do things my way. And to serve is to, is to go a different way, to be 
in view of God's mercy, there's an avalanche that happens inside of me. When I view God's mercy, there's something that happens inside of me and my heart gets softer and my words get gentler and kinder and I become more patient with people. And if you're going to serve, you got to be patient with people. You guys know that, right? Because you're dealing with other people who are in need of God's mercy, just like you are. Well, this is why Paul, it's the foundation stone for serving. Space gets created in our hearts to serve when we stand on that mountain and look around in view of God's mercy. And you get choked up and thrilled at the same time. It's an amazing thing. I want you to, I mean, and, you know, of course we're talking about the gospel here and we're talking about salvation and all that, but it just put yourself on that peak and see and let yourself look at God's mercy and how much he has bridged for you. Secondly, let's see here, our bodies are to be offered up as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And the word worship, uh, I want to focus on that word because that's the, the end toward which this goes. And it's a big word. And it's, it's not, it includes what we're doing kind of in this hour or so on Sundays, but it's way bigger than that. The way it's being used here, and in the book of Romans, it's, here's, here's where it starts in Romans chapter 1, with the idea that we as humans all worship something. If you are the most ardent atheist, you still worship something. And the, that is because what you worship is what you serve. It's what you sacrifice your time, your energy, your money to get. It's what you revere. It's what you honor. That's what you worship. It, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's way more than, than singing songs and, and relating to God in that way. It's just, it's kind of a, it's, human beings are worshipers. We, we can't help it. We value stuff. Whatever that stuff is, it can be your career, our family, or a lifestyle, or whatever. Sports. If you want to see worshipers, watch a Seahawks game. <laughs> or whoever. Broncos, for some of you, whoever. Yeah. But you get it, see? So that, that word worship is, is way bigger. Um, let, me, let me get to this slide here. Worship is not just about God, but it's anything you sacrifice for. Anything. Secondly, it's not just about your soul, but your your whole self. And so in the, in the verse here, it's about your bodies becoming a living sacrifice for God. And, and in the ancient world, the bodies were considered kind of lowly and throwaway receptacles, but the real life was in the soul or the inner life and the spirit. That's where the spirit dwelled, only there. And that's not a biblical view. You've heard me say this before. It sounds, you know, spiritual, but it's not biblical. If I say, here, here's my example. If I say to my wife, honey, my, I can see the pile of dishes there, and my soul just is into it. <laughs> yeah, what good am I to, there's no service. You see, your bodies have to be engaged. In the, in the uh, uh, Book of Common Prayer in the Anglican Church, there's a line in the vows for the man to say, with my body I thee worship. To the wife, to the bride, 
With my body, I thee worship. Meaning, I, with this thing here, I serve and honor and revere and sacrifice for. It's got, and this is the, the biblical view of the person is it's, it's both inner and outer life. It's both actions and motivations and attitudes of heart that come together. Now, let me say just a word about uh, actions and attitudes. I am so thankful that we are not, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are not the only people that get it when it comes to service, and that there's groups in the world, I mean, whatever, United Way or whoever, that have different motivations for serving, but they're serving, and we should all be thankful it would be a very nasty world if we were the only ones. And people serve for all kinds of reasons. They'll serve just because they were brought up that way. Not a bad thing. They'll serve because they get great joy. They've learned that little thing about how when you serve someone else, you know, and you kind of see it in heaven here, how it, it just, you get joy from it. It really is joyful. Not a bad thing. <laughs> and then there's, you know, maybe lesser motivations, like they, some people just want to be noticed by people, or they want to be accepted by God. Not so good, because, you know, noticed by people that can, uh, and accepted by God. Well, you are accepted by God, so you don't have to, that's the gospel. You don't have to earn that. But whatever the reason, from the highest to the lowest, we have to say thank you that we live in a world where people serve so much. But for the Christian, the motivation that is the bottom line and why Paul is so excited about this, because he stood at the top of that mountain and he invites us all to stand there and say, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, how can I, how can I not serve in view of God's mercy to the extent that if you don't serve, then maybe you haven't stood on that mountain and seen the mercy of God. I mean, it just flows out of that. All right, let's go. Um, think of yourself. Oh, I, did I miss one there? I'm going to go back here. Make sure I got it all. Oh, no, I got two more to go. But these won't take very long. At church, it's, it's not just at church. It's anywhere. Worship doesn't happen just here. It happens wherever you are in your neighborhoods and your workplaces. And so the word worship, we're expanding it out. And it's not a one-time sacrifice, but it's ongoing. It's a living sacrifice. And to be living, you have to continually submit to put yourself there. And it's going to feel like death, except for the, that mountaintop experience that is so life-giving. But it's not a one-time deal. It's ongoing renewal in the mercies of God. So it's way bigger than just a worship service. And then we'll go to our last thing, and then we're going to go over there. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Paul, actually, let me um, get that all for you, because he mentions particularly not thinking too highly of yourselves, and I want to touch on that. Do not think too highly of yourselves or more than you, you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. People who think highly of themselves, um, we generally think of them as people who have lots of self-esteem, but the negative side of that, of course, is that they, they tend to be proud, and proud people always tend to boast or compare or both. 
So it's, it's not good. And what, what Paul is getting at here is that that will block, block you from serving someone else who is at maybe, maybe a, a place where you'd have to stoop down and, and serve them. And in the Greco-Roman world, you paid servants to do the stooping. You didn't do it yourself if you were a person who had a, a place of honor in society. So this is all, and Jesus just blows this, the whole paradigm up He's the one who didn't come to be served, but to serve. I mean, so it's it, so radical. But those who have a high view of themselves have a hard time stooping down. And you can have a high view of yourself because of your income or because of whatever your title, your class. So Paul gives us a warning. And the way to get sober, the, that's the only way I can think, say it, the only way to get sober is to Get the view from the top of the mountain about God's mercy. God has given you just as much mercy as that person down there. No more, no less, the same amount. In view of God's mercy. And Paul doesn't say it here, but I'm going to add that people who think too lowly of themselves have similar... Why do people not serve? Oftentimes it's because they they don't think enough of themselves. And they think, if I serve, then I'm... I'm going to be exposed. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at things. Uh, I'll be a failure. On and on and on. Those voices that come in and so they don't do anything. And the solution isn't to get high self-esteem, contrary to the self-esteem movements in our culture. Remember, we're not being conformed to that. We're being transformed into something else. <laughs> that movement says the reason for, or the, the, the way for people with low self-esteem to get healthy is to get high self-esteem. The gospel lives on a whole different plane. The Bible is on a whole different plane. Those who are high are going to be humbled. Those who are low are going to be raised up. Both groups, when they get on that mountaintop, experience something that levels the playing field. It's... It's time to sober up. When you see the view that God gives us of his mercies, you get sober really fast. And those who are low, those who are humble are brought higher, and those who are higher are humbled. It's an amazing thing, and it frees up both groups to serve. So what I'd like to do right now, and I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. This will be a part of our togetherness here. And I'm going to lead us through a prayer, but really it's more of a spiritual exercise if you would allow me to do that. And, um, and then we're going to um, vacate the premises, as they say. <laughs> All right, let's, let me lead you. I want to ask you to, um, if you could, uh, imagine that view from the mountain for yourself. In view of God's mercy to the world, and particularly to you. How broad is the gulf created by sin? Can it be crossed through any efforts on your part? How are you going to do that? Bigger than the national debt kind of distance And then secondly, another 
uh, view of the imagination is of the cross of Jesus, the one who came not to be served, but to serve. The one who bridges that gap. The one whom grace abounds all the more through him. In view of God's mercy. As you see Jesus on the cross, you're viewing God's mercy. And then just a prayer for all of us. You can own it if you'd like personally. Jesus, I pray that your life, your attitude, your actions would be my life. I give myself to you again, a living sacrifice. Amen.